Hi there, this is Lex McKee welcoming you to another Wealthy Wednesday. Yes, I did pronounce that rather strangely. It's Wealthy with an H, W-H-E-A-L-T-H-Y, as in health and wealth, our focus for each Wednesday. It is my business practice to read the chapter of Proverbs whose number matches the date. This being the 9th of April, I reread Proverbs chapter 9. Wow! This is one of my favourite chapters of the good book. The first verse of Proverbs chapter 9 is enough to meditate upon for a lifetime. Listen to what it says. Wisdom has built her house. She has carved out her seven pillars. What would be in your list of seven pillars? What if they were all made of the same as you might expect in an architectural model? Would the one thing be love? Would the one thing be integrity? If your life was characterised by one thing, what would the one thing be? And if the seven were different, what would your own magnificent seven be? When I worked with Kevin Whelan in the earliest days of building wealth builders, the focus was on wealth. The seven then became asset streams. One, turning your home into an asset stream, perhaps by building an annex that you could rent out. Two, Choosing the kind of pension you could leverage at any age to fund other asset growth. Three, using investments wisely to get more control over the roller coaster of the markets. Four, developing a property portfolio, Kevin, a true brick, believing there was always money in mortar. Five, having your own business that works without you, thus freeing up your time instead of merely creating an alternative job. Having started working for a company again, the wisdom of Kevin's approach comes back to me powerfully. When you work for someone else, its wages minus tax, minus expenses, equals what you can keep, which is utter madness and injustice. If there are costs associated with you going to work, they should come off your income before tax. But the poorest workers have to bear the cost of their own clothing for work and their transport costs, and all that after having tax deducted. That's just wrong. Of course, at executive levels, they find ways around this, but I'm concerned for the poor. Six, creating intellectual property, which was the only one I found morally exciting. Here, there's a clean sense of adding value in return for an income stream. Property always felt like a scene from The Matrix, where they are all plugged into the system like human batteries to be drained of energy, power and life. Many of the presenters and landlords I worked with in property circles would boast about how the rents they received paid their mortgage and then some. To me that's about as morally disgusting as it can get. Feed off other people who are too poor to qualify for a mortgage by charging them more than you pay for your own mortgage. Yeah, right. By way of strong contrast, trading access to your intellectual property in return for a fair exchange of money is clean energy. If you write a book and publish it, and people buy access to that book through Audible, Kindle and print, they are not diminished in terms of their future capacity. Renting will take you to the grave a poor person, but rather have their capacity increased for a brighter future. They win forever. You win forever. Win, win. With YouTube being such a huge search engine, getting your content out on video is a no-brainer as a commitment, though a major brainer in terms of an effective strategy, structure and schedule. 
That's why I focus so much time on video and how to make it easier for you. There's value between your ears that can enrich the world whilst respecting your own financial worth and value. Get your message out there. Seven, joint ventures is the seventh pillar in Kevin's blueprint, though it was nearly affiliate income. I like both. Whilst intellectual property is the passion of my business life, strategically speaking, in truth, God is the love of my business life, my big lesson over the last few years is how one's wings will always be clipped when we try to fly alone. Even geese have more sense than this. Think of the geese in V formation honking for encouragement and being able to fly far further with less energy because of their collaboration. Any wise person, be they a worldly-minded entrepreneur or biblically-based entrepreneur or even an entrepreneurial pastor, any of these will reach a ceiling where 168 hours a week becomes a frustrating limitation. The natural time limit we all face each week always becomes a block to achieving abundant potential. The ultimate example of selflessness, Jesus knew this, which is why he trained disciples and told them to go and make disciples. Back to intellectual property. What I love about learning is that it is a resource that is neither diminished nor lost when it is sold on to others. You expand your own kingdom by passing on your learning in return for prosperity. Go and make disciples. Isn't that what gurus do? If you're a fan of Neil Gaiman, and who wouldn't be, you're already on the pathway to discipleship, especially if you start his course on how to write. The fact is that you can make a bigger difference if you team up with others to harness their 168 hours a week to yours. Suddenly, it's like having two oxen instead of one. I remember seeing a team of three horses ploughing at the Great Dorset Steam Fair. They tore up the field, all beautifully in harmony. It was a vision of power, of grace and of energy. Together they were stronger and more productive. How can you move forward on this? Kevin uses Wealth Dynamics to help you find your flow and then build a flow team. I use the next generation of the tool called Contribution Compass. The end goal is the same, to get you into your flow where you do your best and most valuable work 80% of the time. We will achieve this by identifying the minimum of two other flow styles that you will need to attract so that all three of you are playing to your strengths. If you want to be free, to experience free flowing prosperity, message me. Time freedom and creative freedom and productive freedom is calling for you like wisdom in the book of Proverbs. A word on Kevin's earlier thoughts about affiliate income. One of the many genius aspects of his initial blueprint is how asset stream joins to asset stream to increase the depth and rate of cash flow. If you build an intellectual property portfolio, you are also developing a marketing structure to flow this through. In a word, subscribers. Once you have a thousand subscribers on YouTube, you have a market you can recommend other great resources to. I wouldn't be where I am today without YouTube giants like Jevon Dovey, Peter McKinnon, Nick Nimmin, Brian G. Johnson, wah, wah, and Sean Cannell. Interestingly, it's not likely that I would have stumbled across most people in this list if it hadn't been for Peter McKinnon's collaborative approach. These guys work together as an ecosystem. And if you'd like to check out some of the gals too, Charlene Johnson and Sonny Lenarduzzi are a great place to start. So what? 
will know that you can step into someone else's stream too. These gals and guys often guest on one another's channels, broadening their audience without weakening their message. Far from it, they amplify one another's message. This is a great example of joint venturing with an affiliate income substream. How so? All of these YouTubers will have affiliate links or incentives in their YouTube description. This will often lead to sponsorship of the shows by a manufacturer who resonates with their creative process or a service provider that they use. Let me finish the financials today with a threefold strategy. Number one, develop intellectual property assets. Number two, make sure that YouTube is part of your publishing strategy. Number three, seek affiliations, both with other YouTubers in nearly identical markets to you and with product and service providers that you use in your own intellectual property development process. Win, win, win. And the bonus is, do your contribution compass profile with me so that we can know for certain the type of champions you need on your team. Okay, back to the seven pillars. The good book is clear. Character produces prosperity. Forget all that poverty nonsense. It was never the Jewish tradition. God blesses people with wealth. The biblical way to do this is the ethical way. Rich in good character. Rich in good works. It includes pillars such as diligence, integrity, gratitude, generosity, which is seen as sowing seeds with a view to an abundant harvest, mercy, being quick to forgive, training, learning, a disciple is a learner, humility. This pathway to prosperity is extremely anti-arrogance. In the same chapter, wisdom invites us with these words, whoever is simple, let him turn in here. As for him who is void of understanding, she says to him, come eat some of my bread. Drink some of the wine which I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and live. Walk in the way of understanding. I'm no longer void of understanding, but it still feels like one lifetime is not enough to learn all I need to, to become wise. Having the hunger as if you're still void of understanding is the hunger of humility. I don't yet know enough and I want more. I hope you're the same. I suggest you meditate on what your own seven pillars would be and even think about them becoming part of your mission statement, your vision and your values. Have a great day building for your future and remember, love will always find the answer. Lex McKee, Lichit Matravers, 9th of April.